Listen, here's something we don't do on this podcast enough, Greg. Uh-huh. We don't research pr- promote oh, no, ourselves. That's just me. That's me. <laughs> we don't promote ourselves enough. And so I think we should take a little bit of time to promote ourselves, promote where people can find, because I don't know where pe- people might just go to SoundCloud and find us. People might go to the website and just click play. Um, but however people are listening to this, we would really love if they would subscribe. So you can subscribe to this podcast, Welcome to the Music, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Boom. Start again. Start again. All right. Apple. Apple Podcasts. Boom. Spotify. Boom. Stitcher. Boom. SoundCloud. Boom. iHeartRadio. Boom. Etc. Yes. So now if you if you're expecting us to give you the links to all of those places, just go to welcome to the music.com. Boom. And we have links <laughs> to all the places that you can subscribe. Yes. Greg, you know what's better or just as awesome as subscribing? Is rating and reviewing us. Oh, isn't that even better? That's better because that just makes us feel good about ourselves. And Fragile egos. Yeah, we do. You know, we're, we're two millennials, aging millennials. <laughs> Um, that needs some positive reinforcement. Are you saying we're reaching a thousand years old? In our lives. I'm like generationally. If we can get all four listeners, our kids, to go and rate. Yeah, well, four of your kids, one of mine, so that's five. Five? We're up to five five listeners listeners now. Yeah, we're growing. We're growing. I can probably get my niece to subscribe, so that'll be Six. six. See, that's a 50% growth. Wow. Just in the past one minute. Perfect. There you go. Um, and social, on social, find Greg at Greg Tilston and uh, at Korea. That's Time. three G's, Greg. Yeah, G, 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 no, G, R, E, G, G, Tilston. But if you do go to the 2G, yeah, there's a picture of me letting you know that you were one G off. Ah. And to come here. Yeah. Fair enough. Greg, do you like my new uh, earphones? I do. Do you? My are those the really fancy ones that you got? These are the Odis LCD1 audio headphones. They're over ear. Yeah. They're wired, like really cool wires. Yeah. Um, and it's actually an entry point for those people looking for some award-winning sound especially if you are a bedroom producer Have we as, a sponsor? as i am they are they a sponsor no i'm trying to see if i can move back enough you can see that i'm in my bedroom no but they gave me this nice pair of headphones so i strongly encourage if you're looking if you have your own podcast if you are listening to music at home and producing your own stuff Check out the Audis LCD1 audio audiophile headphones. You can go to Audis, the website, check them out on Google. You'll find them or go to Amazon.com or Amazon.ca and uh, get it. Audis, the new standard in critical listening. But you're supposed to see boom. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Uh, a few things before we get started. Um, is there anything you don't want to talk about tonight? That is so broad. Oh. I, I don't want to talk about poop and scoop rules. Oh, hold on. <laughs> You're writing that down? I am. Because in my research, I saw that Ebony, okay, I did some research and I, and I saw that you had tweeted a lot about your disdain for poop and scoop regulations right. in, cer- in certain parts of Ontario. All of Ontario. All of Ontario. <laughs> yeah. What, so, what, I, I, I have to know. What, what, is the, what is your disdain with? There is no disdain. <laughs> I'm totally fucking with you. <laughs> See? 
like, I'm like, okay, this is something the same I didn't, way I didn't that you guys on. did with, oh, today we're doing video. <laughs> <laughs> Ebony's going to hang up on us and she's going to go and she's going to complain. It's been a great interview, guys. Thanks. I got to go. Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. Hi, this is Ebony Rowe. I'm the founder and producer of Honey Jam, and we're here tonight with Welcome to the Music. Greg, you just went silent. I did. I accidentally had my mute button on. <laughs> welcome. That's where usually I go, welcome. And then Kareem's pointing at me and I'm missing my cue and muted. And here we are. This Way is a great go, start. Greg. Yes. This is a great start. I'm going to leave yes. now. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, Ebony, thank yeah. you again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And congratulations, upcoming. 25th anniversary of Honey Jam. Five years. Yay. That's a long time. Super excited. It is. It's a lifetime. Yeah. Um, and you, you sound very happy with that. It doesn't sound like you're tired. You must be really excited about not just uh, this upcoming celebration, but the, the program in general. I am a really excellent actor. <laughs> I'm extremely tired. <laughs> Oh I am goodness. extremely tired. I'm having to cram into several months, cram into a few weeks what I would normally take several months to prepare for. So my head is just spinning. I don't know what day it is. Where am I? Who am I? It, it's a lot of work. I'm exhausted, but I'm also running on adrenaline and I'm excited that we're even able to do something. Nice. It, it is know, amazing how. Oh, so go ahead. No, I was going to say it is amazing how you know we we headed into March and then everything stopped and everybody paused, and now now that things are starting to happen, like for example, my wife's a teacher, a, a junior, a kindergarten teacher, mm-hmm. and and on Thursday in twenty four hours they had to do what they would normally do in a month. Yep. And and so even like in business and for you for productions and and the the the, the, the event it's like now all of a sudden everybody's having to expedite. Yeah, I use the analogy that I am Usain Bolt, but then I become a couch potato for six months, and then someone says Olympics now go <laughs> start and training. Well, start, not start training, be ready for the starting gun right now. Wow. You know, so yeah, just ready to hit the ground running when you're completely out of shape, physically, mentally, emotionally. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. I can imagine. Um, listen, before we go further with that, you know, you, you, you talked about this uh, having to do so much in, in, in a, in a compressed amount of time. Um, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, in some way, shape or form, people within the whole music industry have had to, um, you know, really had to battle stuff for more than a decade with streaming and, you know, the change in the music industry, but nobody could have foreseen uh, COVID-19. How have you, Ebony, been doing? How's your mental health keeping up with all of this stuff? I was basically in a depression coma Mm. for months. (laughs) (laughs) not knowing what was going to happen and feeling so frustrated because I'm a type A personality control freak. And the idea of not having any control, there was nothing that I could do. I couldn't even begin discussions because everything was so uncertain. So it would really be a frustrating waste of time. Mm -hmm. So I had to, um, yeah, it was very hard because there was so much that we had planned. How many times do you get to achieve a 25-year milestone? 
Yeah. And uh, when I started reaching out to people in the industry at the beginning, they were all saying, oh, 2020 is canceled. Just don't worry about it. And they were saying this in March. Wow. Like, wait, what? No, I won't accept that. I'm not that personality. I just don't ever accept things that I don't want to accept. Mm-hmm. And I always want to keep hope alive or I would, you know, jump off a building or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Once the weather got warmer and people started moving around, then my mood changed, but I still had to wait. I had to keep, you know, Doug Ford's Twitter feed on 24 hour watch for when we were going to get to move into different stages. And he would get teased as every other region got to break through, but not us. So then when it finally happened and you don't get any notice, it's like, boom, let's go. Because I didn't want to just be in the virtual space, right? I really wanted to make sure we could connect in person with our artists, and they really wanted that as well. So we've got three events in so far, and then the concert is coming up on October 1st. Well, so three events already. Tell, tell me about those. What, what has happened so far? So we did two artist talks, one with one of our alums, Jordan Alexander, who yes. uh, shortly after she got tapped to... Um, have a lead role in the reboot of Gossip Girl. Yeah, so I just read about that. now yesterday. moved to New York. Wow. And then we did another artist talk with the amazing Serena Ryder. Nice. That went fantastic. Then we did a songwriting camp last weekend. That was amazing. And now the concert on October 1st, and then we'll do some more stuff later in the year. Uh, that 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 almost feels like when you when you talk about that it feels like a whole weight has been lifted off of your shoulders. Not at all. I still feel like Atlas, <laughs> and <laughs> I, but I put that weight on my shoulders. You know, I could mm. have decided, oh, we're just going to cancel it, um, but that's just not my personality. I'm a fighter. I'm determined. I'm relentless. I am a pit bull. So for me, that was not an option. Like, I didn't want to celebrate my 25th year in my 26th year. So I'm trying to make it as special as possible. You know, like the whole year was supposed to have been filled with spectacular OMG moments, wow moments. And we were able to get one thing in, something on my bucket list, Mm. which was to give an artist the opportunity to experience the Grammys. And I was able to make that happen in January. And I thought, oh, oh my goodness. gosh, if this is how the year is starting, imagine how amazing the rest is going to be. Yeah. Who, who had the yeah. chance to go to the Grammys? An artist by the name of Will. She now goes by Blue Will. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And she, so had a, she must have had a time of her life. Indeed. Nice. Indeed. It was a magical experience. I can imagine for sure. So um, it was supposed to have been a year full of things like that. Go ahead. How, how did, so, so tell me about landing at the Elma Combo for October 1st. Uh, is the fall usually when uh, you'd have this big celebration? And, and I'm really curious about Elma Combo as a venue. So normally my season ends in August. Oh, okay. But this year, I had to be flexible, something mm-hmm. I am not known for, <laughs> um, and just be willing to just do what I could, when I could, as long as it was within the anniversary year. Ideally, I wanted to have our original plan, um, but then I thought, oh, well, maybe we can do it outdoors, like at Harborfront, at the band shell there, right? Yeah, it's covered. We had a hundred people by the water. Beautiful setting, but Harper Front never opened. And I oh. thought, oh my gosh, now what am I going to do? So then someone suggested the Elma Combo to me, and then hmm. I went to them and I thought, okay, because if it wasn't going to be special, I'm not doing it. I don't want it to be. Oh, we settled for this type of honey jam. So oh, okay. I contacted them. I immediately, my ears peaked when I heard the Elmo. I know it's a legendary venue. I know they've gone through this multi-million dollar reno. Yeah. Uh, and then I started to get with the program and get excited about it. 
then we went to see it. Amazing. We struck a deal with them and it's on. So I needed some time, obviously, to select the artists, the songs, get the band together, rehearsals, all of that. So wow. that couldn't have happened in August. Um, That's right. So yeah. So then we chose we chose September. Sorry, October the first. So right. so you've had a couple of events under your belt. Um, you've got the Elma Combo thing coming up. It's live. Like you know, with everything that's going on as we open up, but still with restrictions, like how are you, how are you pulling it off? What are you doing? How are you organizing it? Well, no one can be there basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. So I was, I definitely want the artist to be able to look at humans and not at an empty space. So even if those humans are me and backup dancers for the other acts and the other musicians and artists, I want there to be someone. So the rules say 50 people social distance. And that's really not a lot of people. And if it's only 50, then everybody who's part of the cast makes up that 50. So that's why it had to be live streamed. But I'm still, I, I still want it to be amazing. I want a carpet outside. Even if it's just us, we deserve mm. it. And we're still going to have a fantastic time no matter what. And so I'm guessing you're streaming this somewhere, yeah? Yes, indeed. Ah, where's, where's, where is that happening? How can people participate in that? So we're still figuring that out. We will, uh, you know, make an announcement on our socials. You know, yeah. it might be off the Alma Combo website. It might be somebody else who's hosting it. We'll figure it out. It'll be easy and it's free. Nice. Yeah. I saw that, that, that piqued my attention. What? Music for the people. For sure. Who do you, can you say who you have performing? So it's, it's our alums who are all emerging artists. It's going to be a celebration of women in music. So normally Honey Jam is, here's this artist you've never heard of doing her original song that you've never heard of, and please sign her or help her in her career. Yeah. This year, it's not that at all. It's our 25th anniversary party. It's a celebration, and all of the songs are all covers mm. of, of um, songs made popular by female musicians. Um, in all different genres. So there's going to be hip hop, pop, rock, jazz, dance hall, um, gospel, everything. Country, opera. Yeah. That sounds awesome. A veritable potpourri. Mm-hmm. Nice. Can we can we go back 25 years, if, if you don't mind, Ebony? Um in your time travel machine let's sure. yeah let's all go back to the future or back to the past <laughs> yeah um <laughs> back when i didn't have this ugly thing on my face i keep um, asking him to shave it every day <laughs> every day i don't um, even live with him <laughs> is this a is it a covid thing or you had it before it's a covid thing actually yeah oh okay now i'm like what do i do I now think- like and like COVID, we all just want it to go away. Go away. <laughs> I sense that it's a comfort for you, though. Now it is. Like, now, I, like, who knew how long this thing would last, right? Um, I know. So I, I thought it was going to be two weeks and done. Well, that's what they said, right? Two, two extra two weeks on March break. I said, okay. I cannot shave for a couple of weeks. And now it's been six months. Yep. Unbelievable. But pri- prior to Honey Jam, prior to you, um, you know, wanting to really um, dig in your shoes and, and, and really focus on what you say is like important stuff, you were a UFT student, yeah? Yes, I was studying English literature. Mm-hmm. And in 1990, uh, friend of mine uh, lost her life and I dropped out at that moment because I became very aware of my own mortality and what would have been my purpose in life had that to happen to me. So studying Mm -hmm. Chaucer and Shakespeare just didn't seem important at the time. 
So I started a mentoring program for at-risk Black youth called Each One Teach One. Yeah. And then out of that came Honey Jam. Tell, tell me about, you know, you just, it, it sort of comes out of this from, from where, you know, as a reader and as a consumer out of wanting to really focus in on mental health. And, uh, you know, ensuring, were you also trying to figure out what made you happy at at the same time and wanting to make sure that the things that you did also contributed to your positive mental health? I wanted to make sure I was doing things for other people Hmm. so that my life, so that I had a legacy if I was in an instant to be gone. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Tell me about, um, so each one teach one. Is that, is that still going on? No, no, that ended a while ago. Okay. Okay. But I'm, I'm, I, you know, through the work that you've done so far with, with Honey Jam, right? It's, it's sort of been continually trying to lift people up. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Um, there, there's a story, and I'm sure you've told it so many times, um, but from each one teach one, um, I've read that your students would talk to you about, um, is it, you know, the music that they would be listening to and how they saw a difference between the stuff that they were mentored about and taught by you and your, your group versus the stuff that they would hear in popular music. Um, talk talk oh, my- to me about some of that, yeah. My female mentees in the program would tell me that their five-year-old little brothers would refer to them as the B word and the H word. And they didn't know what it meant, but they would hear it on the radio because back then hip hop radio was on college radio, which was the wild, wild west. And they didn't have to play the clean versions of things. So, and it was in the played in the middle of the day. So me, the bold person that I am, decided I'm going to approach the biggest hip-hop DJ in Canada, who was DJX with his three-hour nationally heard show in the middle of the day. And I told him about the unintended consequences of the music. And he was surprised by it. And he said, well, why don't you come on my show and talk about it? I said, okay. And then he said, well... I'll give you the whole three hour show. You produce it. And I'm like, wait, what? Was he daring you or was no, he no, really? No, he was okay. very sincere. He was very oh, wow. sincere about it. And I am a disciple of Malcolm X. And I believe that if you complain about something and someone gives you an opportunity to have a voice about it, that you don't say, well, I'm tired or I'm too busy or I don't know how you figure it out or you're a fraud and you need to just shut up. Wow. So I had to figure it out. So I did the show and listening to the show were the editors of Mike check magazine, which is like Canada's version of vibe magazine. And I got a call from the editor saying, we want you to put together an all female issue of our magazine. Mm. What? (laughs) (laughs) This is not what I do, but okay figure it out. So the rap party for that magazine was called Honey Jam. And it was just supposed to be that one night. But at the end, everyone came up to me and said, oh, you produced this. This was amazing. When's the next one? Like, what? This isn't what I do. (laughs) I went home that night and I thought, you know, there was nowhere for these women to be seen and heard and taken seriously because when we started because the whole thing was a protest against how women were portrayed in hip-hop and the misogyny in the lyrics and in the videos then most of the artists were hip-hop artists and there really wasn't anywhere for them to have a platform and for female DJs and stuff so Hmm. they were just wildly enthusiastic about it and I thought, okay, maybe I'll do one more, but that's it. Yeah. Here we are. And, and the, the, the one musicians, more yeah, and the musicians that have come through your program. 
Well, the, the, I guess our most famous alums are Nelly Furtado. I think she's our most like internationally famous alum and the first one to really break through. Um, mm-hmm. And Melanie Fiona, she's also a Grammy winner. Um, Julie Black, of course. And some new artists like Havaya Mighty, Luke Kala, Jordan Alexander. And then we have artists who performed 25 years ago and now aren't in music at all, but wildly successful, like Stella Maggie, who's now a feature film director, who's been featured in Variety and was just tapped to do the um, official Whitney Houston biopic with Clive Davis. Wow. How crazy wow. You you must like feel so proud of these uh, of these women. I am bursting with pride. I am a big mama bear cheerleader, and I'm a fierce protector of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a tough love taskmaster. So all the things that moms are. Ebony, when when did it go from just like a one off showcase every year to to something where you know, someone like a, a Nelly Furtado could break. Um, like, like, how does it go from that, you know, from, yeah, we're going to have a one night, two, three, four hour party to like, what happened, you know, to, to connect those dots? So everything changed after Nelly. Oh, okay. Everything changed. But before that, it grew from just being a concert to being developmental when after, uh, in 1996, when, which is the year after we started, and I would, the artists would come down off the stage and I would see the wolves descend on them. And they were just wide-eyed and naive. And I, I, my mama bear came out and I'm mm. like, oh Lord, what's going to happen here? And so that's when we started the Women in Urban Music Seminar. So all the panelists were women. I wanted to remove any idea of sexual harassment and just have people that were there to help them for genuine reasons and to help educate them about the industry, what things to look out for, what not to do, different protocols in studio, etc. So that's how it grew to being more events other than just a concert. And then, um, yeah, more, much more attention came to us after Nelly Furtado blew up. Mm-hmm. That, that was a, the biggest pivotal moment for us. And you've, you've had a number of, like we've talked about a lot of Canadian artists up till now, but you've had a number of international artists involved in the with mentorship or working with people like I know Janelle Monae who I love and and others like yes. so so how like did the word just start to spread and people got involved like how did that all come together and not just Janelle but just I getting more involved I create opportunities refer back to my earlier comment about being relentless pitbull committed determined okay so I want the best and I will reach for the highest goal and then hope. So like I'll reach for Paris and hope I get to Mississauga, <laughs> right? But I'm still going to try for Paris, right? And people will be like, oh, no, you could never get there, which only fuels me more. Mm. So any artist that I see coming to Toronto, a female mm. artist that I think the artist would love to meet, as soon as I hear that they're coming, the whole, um, uh, what should I call it? I don't know. The machine unfolds. Mm. My machine of trying to make this happen. I try to find out who's the organizer, who's the manager, who's the label, who do I know who knows them, right? And I cast a wide net and I make it happen. So Janelle Monet was here for, um, when we had the, the Pan- Panama Games. Yeah, yeah, the Pan American, yeah. Huge free concerts at um, City Hall. I remember the Roots was there and about 20,000 people went to see them for free. And yeah. Janelle Monet was one of those artists. And I contacted the organizers and she agreed to meet with the artists. And that was amazing. Other times, um, 
a record label might sponsor the artists to to actually fly in specifically for us. But wow. many, yeah, many times they will already be here for something and they will make time for us because we're special. For sure. Did you yeah. ever... I, so I want to, I'm curious about, and uh, I apologize if I mispronounce it, but is it FemFat Entertainment Group? Yes, FemFat, as in Femme Fatale. There you go. Um, is that like a managed, like a music management, music label group? Tell, tell me about that and the connection with, you know, empowering female musicians and artists. So it is a nonprofit developmental program for female artists of all different cultures and all different genres of music. That is what we do. It's not a label or a management company or anything like that. And how, so how does that work? How does that machinery work? Um, Does it work in conjunction with Honey Jam? Is it two separate entities? What sort of work is involved there? Fanfat Entertainment Group is the name of the nonprofit company. And then Honey Jam. Honey Jam is what everybody knows. Most people have never heard Fanfat Entertainment Group. Okay. No Honey Jam. Uh, that's, that's okay. So that's, that's sort of the, the front facing name and one is sort of in the background. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, we're obviously going to continue chatting about Honey Jam, but I wanted to get your take because you've, you know, been involved in the, in the music industry, obviously for, for, you know, going on uh, three decades soon. Um, There's been tons of changes, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, in in the way people consume music, the type of music that is popular now. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask you, because really, um, you know, it, it was, it was radio that sort of um, brought your message and your thoughts to people that, um, you know, a couple of steps later, you're putting on the first Honey Jam in, in uh, 1995, right? Um, radio, mm-hmm. radio has changed a lot. Um, it used to be the place that, you know, for example, CKLN to discover new music, um, to listen to the really the, the cool stuff that's, that's up and coming. Um, radio's not in anymore. Tell, tell me about that change of people going to radio and listening to radio to, you know, using Lime, you know, places like LimeWire to, to rip music to, you know, everyone now has a Spotify Pandora sort of accounts now to collect and, and consume music. How has that change changed what it is that you do with Honey Gem and how it is that you approach um, mentoring artists? Um, it doesn't really impact what we do in this developmental program of working with new artists, except where we would point them and then where the mentors would advise them mm-hmm. to on what to do with their music and how to how to get it out. So it's just a change in distribution for you. Pardon me? It's just a it's just a change of distribution. Like in one place people listen to music. Well, we, we Sorry, yeah, go but, ahead. We, but we're not responsible for that, right? We sure. just work with the, with the artists, but we don't send out their music anywhere. We're not their managers. That that's mm-hmm. not what we do. So um, we do the workshops, we provide platforms for them, we help them network with people, but we don't get involved in, in um, you know, how they get their music out. We mm-hmm. provide them one of the platforms to do it, and the rest is really up to them. That makes sense. Yeah. Has there been a change? Has, have, have you seen different types of, uh, of music uh, sort of be popular amongst your, uh, your mentees? Um, in the earlier days, there was a lot more experimentation. 
right? There was a lot more originality in the earlier days, people really taking risks because at that time there wasn't very much at stake. They were just doing music because they loved it. There wasn't really the industry, the infrastructure. There wasn't the internet. So people just, you know, dreams that, but it was just more about community. And so they didn't feel that they had to fit into any sort of box. And then, you know, once things change with technology, then I found, you know, a lot of artists would come in a similar you know, with similar sounding songs that sounded like what was successful on the radio. Mm. Um, But lately, uh, we're getting back to them um, just being a bit more original. So yeah, it's, it's, it's gone in, in waves. But we, the auditions that we had last year just blew me away. Like it was so hard to narrow it down. You know, mm-hmm. I could have probably done four honey jams from the level of talent that came out. I was really, really blown away. There's a lot of amazing talent. And do you think that's, you know, again, with the new model of YouTube and, and Spotify where people can produce their own music, do you think it's people that are, are musicians that are, you know, really honing their skills with, with this new type of distribution and their songwriting? Absolutely. Yeah. The technology has made all the difference. Yeah. All the difference. And then they're seeing so many women succeeding, mm-hmm. you know, in, in uh, huge ways that gives them inspiration as well. Yeah, we need, we need more and more of that for young female. Well, young females. I was going to say young female musicians, but just young females. I mean... Young women. You talked earlier, um, Ebony, about being a disciple of Malcolm X. um, And I have in my notes that that the reading of his autobiography really made a big impact on you. Um, Can you talk a little bit about um, what was, you know, what, what was the message or what was in there that hit you hard that has inspired you over the years? I was inspired by his intelligence. I was inspired by his life story of going from being a pimp and a criminal to being someone who was a stalwart in the community and put his life at risk. I was inspired by how direct he was, how unapologetic he was. I was just, I was mesmerized by the, the cadence in his voice, by the poetry. I'm a language person, you know, because I studied English literature. That's right. Yeah. So I love to read his words. And I love that he did not, um, he didn't worry about admitting if he had grown in his outlook on things. He didn't feel constrained. So when he first would talk about, you know, hating white people and all white people are blue-eyed devils and all of that, and then when he went to Mecca and saw blue-eyed white Muslims, Mm. then came back and said, you know, and said that he he was wrong about that and that not all white people are this way. And that's a very rare thing, especially in this world. People will just stay stuck and not be willing to, to grow and certainly not to admit that. So I really admired that. I admired the way that he was as a father, the way that he revered his wife, so many things. And also that he wasn't just about um, complaining and waiting for somebody to fix things and to save us. And he said, if you see a problem and you point your finger at the problem or at the person, then also look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what are you doing to be a part of the solution? Mm. So that, that I just, that runs through my whole life. 
And when I did start each one, teach one, the tagline was be part of the solution, right? Like I can't just sit here and whine and wait for somebody to fix something and complain and not that, I mean, obviously there's a lot of injustices and a lot of things that need to be fixed, but I'm not going to be napping in the meantime, waiting for it to be fixed, mm-hmm. right? So you go out there and do what you can for yourself, for your community, for other people to make things better for all of us. Start being part of the solution. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also read... Um, might have been the same article or a different one that your number one hero is your mom. Oh, well, she would be my first hero. She'd be my first example, Mm. you know, and watching the sacrifices that she made for her three children, you know, growing up, she would sleep on the couch. She didn't have a bedroom. My sister and I would have a bedroom and my brother would have a bedroom She's a single mom. She's working two jobs. And, you know, she just got on with it, you know. Mm. And um, so that was a great example. She was very protective of us. So she would never, like, date or, like, bring anyone around us because she didn't want to create any type of environment where something untoward might happen. Mm. So, um, yeah, she she made a lot of sacrifices um, for us. If if you didn't do the CKLN show uh, and then eventually Honey Jam, it, it seems to me you'd still be doing something, whether it be a continuation of each one, teach one, or oh, absolutely. Uh, a different iteration. Why is it? Is, is Honey Jam because you did the first one that has just continued rather than, you know, maybe because you were studying literature, you might have continued down that thread in that vein and focus on literature, you know, helping people in, on the literature side of things. I'm curious about the involvement almost exclusively or maybe not uh, within the music space. Well, each one, teach one had nothing to do with the music space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a profession-based mentoring program. So the music part, it was just by happenstance. because I started hanging out with teenagers and they were all listening to gangster rap. Mm. And so that's how all of that happened. I mean, nothing was a plan. Sure. Nothing really in my life was a plan. Things just <laughs> happened. And I just went with it and you know things I would be passionate about I would um do what I could to affect change when did Barbados and Honey Jam start when did that uh that program begin so Barbados is my heritage and Mm. I started spending more time there and I was encouraged to I I didn't have any plan of doing it there of doing Honey Jam there um, because the the culture there is really more fixated on soca and um, reggae dance hall music sure. and so I didn't know if it would be accepted or if I would even be able to find artists that were in as many genres as I would like and um, so yeah somebody who knew about what I did in Canada said why don't you do it here and I'm kind of moved by vibes in my spirit. And I went to an event, a venue, and I thought, now it's time. Let me try it. And the venue held about, let's say, 80 people comfortably. And about 500 people came to the first one. And they'd never heard of me and never heard of Honey Jam. But they loved the concept. And so that's how it started there. This is actually the 10-year anniversary uh, in Barbados. Oh, wow. It's been that long. Yeah, so it's exactly the same as it is here in Barbados. Ah. Yeah, there goes Greg. You're on mute again. <laughs> before yeah. before Greg gets back on, I want to ask you this. Um, is there, has this 25th anniversary also given you pause? I know you say you don't plan, um, but 
you know, you, you obviously like things in a certain way and, you know, have a vision of what you want to accomplish. Has this 25th anniversary given you pause to reflect on what you've done and where you want to take uh, Honey Jam over the next 25 years? So first of all, I absolutely plan. <laughs> but what I meant was that the things that I've done in my life, sure. it was not a plan to do them. So I never sat down and thought, oh, one day I'm going to do this all female thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But once I decide that I'm doing it and I get bitten by the bug and I have a passion for it, then yeah. everything around that is stuff that I plan and that I create opportunities and make happen. Um, this year is just a real anomaly. I'm just trying to get through the 15 minute segments. Um, and I, I really just, I I don't really think that far ahead right now Mm. because everything Mm. is still so uncertain and, um, it's just been such a strange year. I just, I want to, I want to get this celebration mark this milestone and then sit back and regroup and pause and reflect out what the future yeah. is going to be which is going to have a lot to do with things that are out of my control mm. right so let's see what's going to happen is there still going to be sponsorship money available to be able to support the program are live events going to be able to return are the artists going to have to pivot to a different um, profession, right? Wow. Because who, who's going to pay online to see unknown artists, right? And even the 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 huge artists, they, they would have to come up with something to make it more special than some of the online things that have been have been um, happening. I really mm-hmm. don't. Know, I just don't have the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I just need to get this. 2020 season happening. Like I said, I've got to cram into a matter of weeks, what would normally be a year long process of planning. And that's really all I can think about right now. Fair enough. And to stay alive and not <laughs> get the virus, you know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah. So, so one of the things that we'd like to ask our guests, um, and, and I'm sure you are full of ideas for this is, Either what's what's what what are you listening to right now? What's in your earbuds, or what's really catching your eye? And I know that's a loaded question based on your your business and what you do. Um, in terms of new artists or artists you're listening to or really into right now, I'm not listening to anyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Seriously, I just. I've come out of, I told you, a months-long depression coma. Mm. And, you know, just wandering around aimlessly in pajamas <laughs> or sitting there on Netflix, zoning out. And then now in full overdrive, trying to get this off the ground. I'm really just zoned into that right now. Okay, I, I, actually, I wanted to ask you... Um, about Havaya Mighty. Yes. Um, oh, I listen, of course, to my own artist. <laughs> sorry, could you repeat that again? I listen to the alums ah. when they come out with new singles and stuff. For sure. <laughs> um, yes. Havaya, you probably knew Havaya well before the rest of the country did. Um, mm-hmm. but, but tell me what, what, about her when you first saw her perform, when you first heard her music. Um, to now she's a Polaris Award winner. Um, people are, are, are now just waiting with bated breath on her next project to, to drop. Tell, tell me about Havaya Mighty. Havaya is a bright and brilliant star. She has been from the moment that I saw her. She is an explosion. Um, so confident. And, and her name... She's got a superhero name. Yeah. And that is her actual name. It's not even a stage name. That's her name. She is tiny but mighty and such an amazing lyricist. Um, I don't know if you heard her verse on uh, Toby's song still, 
It, no. She just, she blows me away. I'm so proud of her. And yeah, just growing, going, growing, going, going. She, she can't stop, won't stop. And winning the Polaris Prize and just, she's always expanding and, and playing around with different genres and fusions. And um, yeah, she's bright. She's everything. She, I'm very, very proud of her. Nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to more stuff coming from her. Uh, it's, it's like, like totally different. Uh, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Ebony, I know you are extremely busy. Uh, you've got two weeks till, uh, till the big day. So thank you on behalf of Greg and myself. Thank you so much uh, for spending some time with us. Um, tell everybody if, if they want to find out more about uh, Honey Jam, where, where can people go to find out more about what's going on? Uh, please follow us on IG at the Honey Jam. You can check out our website, honeyjam.com. And if you want to email us with any queries, please send them to honeyjaminfo at gmail.com. Awesome. And that stand is- by for where to see the live feed of the event. Yes, follow our socials. We'll be making an announcement. Awesome. Yeah. Instagram cool. at the Honey Jam and at the Honey Jam. At honeyjam.com. Ebony, again, thank you so much. This has been really fun and really insightful. I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time. It was awesome. Thanks, guys.